Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is my interview with the directors and writers for The Eight Mountains, Felix Van Groening and Charlotte Vandermeesh, and Dan Baer's interview with one of the film's stars, Alessandro Borghi. Non pensavo di trovare un amico come Bruno nella vita. Ne che l'amicizia fosse un luogo dove metti le tue radici e che resta ad aspettarti. Felix, Charlotte, thank you both so, so much for taking the time to talk with me about your film, The Eight Mountains, which is being released here in the States uh, this weekend. First of all, how are the both of you doing? Good, really good. Super yeah. happy to be here. Uh, such a nice, uh, amazing uh, crew who's working on the movie. And, um, yeah. and um, it, you know, we, we have the feeling that some people are liking it. <laughs> yeah, no, so it's, the, it's beautiful. The reviews have been beautiful. Um, being at Criterion is a real honor. I mean, uh, yeah, we're really excited being here in this epicenter of you know of good taste, great films, and classics. Yeah, absolutely. I, it was a pleasure just getting a chance to meet the both of you in person last night. You both spoke so well about the movie, and I'm hoping I can translate some of that here to our listeners. Um, I want to first start off by asking about. The adaptation process, uh, coming across the book, writing the screenplay together. Felix, I know you've collaborated with other writers before, but can you also talk to me um, a little bit about co-directing as well and how each of you split the duties between who would do what in both the writing and the directing process? Mm-hmm. Um, to go back a little, we we uh, were a couple. We've been together 15 years. Uh, we have worked in different forms together. 15 Charlotte, years. Charlotte's an extra actress. <laughs> and, uh, she's an extra, yeah. I'm an extra on <laughs> most of his films. <laughs> she's an actress and uh, she makes theater and music and she's very creative. But we had also written together a version of a film that I made, Book Circle Breakdown. And we had always, uh, since then, been wanting to to collaborate again together on the writing because it had been a very uh, beautiful and important uh, part of the process. And uh, we're looking for something to do together. And this project came up. Came up. I really loved it. Fell for it. Charlotte joined along the way. She also realized that if she was uh, wanted to do something, this was the one for her. And uh, we started writing uh, right when the pandemic had hit uh, the world. And uh, so it was a very intense process on a, on a, on a lot of different uh, levels for us as we were going 
through a hard time as a couple as well. Uh, but it was also very healing. And I, you know, it, I thought Charlotte did an amazing job on the script. She came up with a lot of great ideas and it really clicked between us. And I realized that the both of us, that, that having four eyes, four ears, uh, man, woman, girlfriend, boyfriend, all those things um, made the story richer because it's a very layered story. And so I wanted to bring her on for the directing. I thought she was ready and that she had, she wanted to do that. And uh, so I asked her and she said, yes. Uh, and she asked me, how do you think we're going to do that? And I said, I have no idea, but we'll figure it out because we, we, the writing went great. So it, I mean, the basis was laid, the basis was there. We shared a great taste. Well, great taste, we shared taste. And it made the film, the story better. So we would figure it out along the way. Mm -hmm. And we did. And what was clear is that also in the next steps, uh, we always got along in casting. We we shared the same taste. Um, and that's how we progressed. And obviously I have more experience. So, you know, Charlotte was maybe a little more reluctant at the beginning, but at the same time, she felt very comfortable with the writing. And so she kept on working on the script. And where, where I started more uh, preparing visually the movie, I guess, with Ruben, with mm -hmm. who I had been working for together for a long time, well, uh, 20 years. Mm -hmm. And that's how it started out. But during the process, it just blended all more together. And, and Charlotte was part of the movie on every level. and. You know, uh, all the big discussions we, we always agreed on. Yes. And if we would ever have um, issues on set, I mean, you don't have time for issues on set. Right. <laughs> then we, you know, we just, it would, sometimes it would be, how do you say that? Hot beneath the feet, we would say in Dutch, like, oh my God. Uh, I want another take uh, because I thought like, maybe we should do this or maybe try another shot. And Felix would be, you know, he's always managing the whole day in his head. And that's something that I have had never done before. I don't really do. I'm just, I get lost in the moment, you know, and I'm like, oh, but maybe da, da, da. And then he would be like, we really don't have the time. You really want to do this? Because then, you know, uh, we're going to lose this much time and we have this and this and that to do. So this is the reality of filmmaking, right? Is that you, you want to, you know, have your day done, do all your scenes. And sometimes you sacrifice a good shot here or that, you know, you have to sacrifice things because you encounter some problems and, or, you know, and he's learned, I think, through your career, uh, when to be um, content. Like sometimes, you know, oh, this is great. Oh, yes. And then you move on with like this heart filled with joy. Like, yeah. But that sometimes you don't have that feeling. You're like, is this good enough? Is it right? Because I mean, we had great actors, all of that, but it, it all has to come together in film. So is is this it? No, no. Uh, and then he would always have the experience, you know, and the vision to say, it'll be good enough. Really, we have it. We have it. Because that for me was was new, you know. You can lose yourself easily into details. And then by the end of the day, then you don't have the time to, you know shoot that last scene. For instance, yeah. and then you and then, lose a scene, then you yeah. have a problem. So um yeah. Um, he would often tell me like this is something I learned you know when I was younger I made my first films you would go crazy or you you shoot an hour over time you know and that were those were things that we didn't want to do at all because it was already a very physical demanding shoot and we didn't want any of that so uh it was a very strict 
schedule. And um, so I, these, the reality of that uh, is the, like the time management is something that I really, um, so wow, that's so uh, crucial. And also when you encounter problems to immediately shift your, the idea that, you know, you've been working towards this moment of shooting for uh, a year and then suddenly something changes and you need to put this, like do the scene somewhere completely else, for instance, and just to be flexible and accept that. And it's yeah. not as pretty as it was going to be, but it's going to be fine. It's it's going to work. You know, do these things were really, it, I thought that was so challenging. It was like, <gasps> like breathe, breathe. But um, working with the actors, working on the scenes, that was lovely work. That was some I work that I really felt easy. was easy. Yeah, it was, it was just like the easy part. <laughs> like <laughs> a very lovely part. Yeah. So focusing on the hard stuff then, um, when you watch this movie, it's stunningly beautiful, shot on location, these gorgeous, gorgeous landscapes. Uh, but at the same time, I'm watching this and I'm saying to myself, oh my God, they have to get remote crews up in these areas, lug mm -hmm. all of this equipment. Can you yeah. just talk to me about the logistics of shooting in some of these areas and what challenges you encountered along the way? Sure. So we wanted to do everything as real as possible. And in the movie, we see a house that gets built um, and it's a real house. So it had to be built along the chute. And, and uh, we see a lot of hikes and peaks and very high peaks. We see uh, a big scene on the glacier. So, and we did that all for real. No CGI? Uh, there is a bit to, to enhance, you know, to enhancement. Okay. Yeah. We didn't really make our boys jump over a crevasse, <laughs> but the crevasse was there just mm -hmm. like, like 10 meters above us. Yeah. Sure. We were yeah. at 4,300 meters. And we were there. Yeah. It was all, uh, real. And, uh, the reality of that is that it's all very, it's exhausting to get there either by for wheel drive or helicopter, uh, makes your shooting day not so long. Mm -hmm. uh, you're very, you're dependable on, you know, whatever happens with the weather. Sometimes, you know, clouds come up and you have to go down. Otherwise you, you cannot get down anymore and it becomes dangerous. So you're, yeah, we had Alpine guides always following us, uh, telling us what we could do and what we couldn't do. Mm -hmm. So the reality of that was that it was very stressful and that that was dictating a lot. Um, on the other hand, it made us this idea to do things as real as possible. We did feel as we were shooting and we shot over a long time because we have the four seasons and we shot in different blocks. It made us, re when it, we started to realize that it was working, it did made us also push the limit and go further and further in that because we felt it was working. It was helping the actors. It was making the whole crew experience what the film is about. And so... You know, we also started to learn more and more how, you know, make the mountains work visually. And so it it, 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 it grew on us, I guess. And it, it became an incredibly beautiful journey where we, yeah, where the whole crew was 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 supporting this and was, was you know, doing that extra mile to make it work. Sure. You know, one of the things that I uh, get when I watch this film, I know it's born out of the pandemic, in a lot of ways. And so as we were transitioning out of that time, I'm watching a film like this and I'm really appreciating the outdoors and human connection. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about 
um, how the two of you were able to capture that feeling because that's how it is communicated to us is through feeling. You feel it when you watch this film. It's not said directly in the text, but there is this feeling of connectivity to not just other human beings, but also to nature and finding ultimately what you feel is your life's purpose along the way. I understand a lot of that probably was talked about in the writing stage, but can you just maybe go in a little bit about how the pandemic might have influenced um, some aspects of the uh, of the movie? It certainly intensified the process. Yeah, we dove into this story as the pandemic hit and the lockdown came and we were actually going to, you know, go right in Bali. <laughs> we wanted to like escape Belgium in the wintertime and we're like, eh, it's February, let's go to Bali with our son and, you know, we'll ride uh, there. But um, actually, luckily, maybe um, we couldn't. <laughs> and it made our writing process uh, so intense. And um, it made the urge to and the, the the longing for the outdoors and the urge to like go breathe uh, up yeah. there. And uh, also, uh, yeah, it, it made it just very um, real. And we had also relational crisis going on. Let's say we really fell apart a bit before starting to write, um, like make the adaptation and. So being in a room together also was pretty, it was heavy at the time. There was a lot of tension. And then this, this story was our escape route also. The escape um, in our minds and escape from our own story. We could reflect upon this story, which is a very rich and pure story. You know, you reflect upon, upon your childhood, relationship with your parents, uh, choosing your path in life, uh, your friendships, uh, losing our fathers, uh, forgiving him for things, uh, you know, accepting the nature of life itself. So for me it was, um, and what we talked about a lot was, was, was feeling, you know, this existential feeling that is heightened when you walk on a mountain ridge, uh, or anywhere in, in, in real nature, you know, yeah, the existential, just you know, you are a tiny human being made of out of stardust, as they say, <laughs> being <laughs> one with the universe. But you feel very small, but still you feel powerful. So, um, being part of that, being grateful for for this gift of life. So uh, we went through a very exist- existential process writing, and the, when we were allowed, as one of the few people during pandemic times, to travel there. And, you know, go to to those locations because we needed to scout the mountains before winter came because, yeah, we needed to scout them a year before because if not, you know, they were covered in snow. So we needed to go early and and we went there in in several different um, seasons. So it was a great privilege and we cherished that. And it was like an escape from our own lives and yet a way to get back to ourselves. And it's great too, because like I said, as I'm watching the movie, I feel like I'm escaping through this story, through these characters. So I thank you for that. But then uh, speaking of the characters, I do want to ask in regards to casting, because you have uh, your two lead characters being played by multiple actors at different phases of their life. I'm really curious to know, do you cast based on 
appearance, mannerisms, uh, just they're the right actor for the right job in terms of just overall talent. Like, how do you go about casting different people as the same character? Because you don't want to lose the audience with these transitions of, oh, that doesn't feel like the same person. But we don't get a sense of that here. So how do you instinctually know that when mm. casting? really depends on how big the role is and how the movie's working. And because I've done different movies where I've done that. And, and it's uh, every, I think every process is different because of that. Mm-hmm. Here, actually, we had parallel uh, casting process for the kids and the adults. And then the adolescents came later well, as we were you know, choosing the other ones. And we, we had to figure out what the chemistry was between the two pairs. Uh, and that was more important than the resemblance between the younger and the older versions for us. Yeah. We actually really, you know, talked about it and said like, we, you know, it could be the same, but it doesn't have to. And then we made choices based on what we felt was working per pair. And obviously the adults were the most important. And it influenced a bit the younger, I would say, but but not necessarily. I mean, we had people that were really more resembling. We had other small or young actors that were resembling the adults a lot more, but didn't feel right because mm-hmm. of what we were experiencing and learning through the audition process. Yeah, And then that's what happens along the way. It becomes perfect (laughs) also because like then we brought everybody together and you do readings and and the adult actors are really smart guys and very good actors so they start to take things from the things from the youngers and start to form a bond with them and and found other ways to to match it and so it you know in the end it it starts to feel very natural that's cool. Uh, and then before we go, I do have to ask about uh, Daniel Norgren and his musical contributions uh, to this film. Uh, can you just tell me a little bit about like how he came aboard the project and uh, come up with the soundscape of The Eight Mountains? So actually, we, we, we had a record of him. Mm-hmm. That was a gift to me from my brother. He was like... Uh, he went on a road trip into nature in Chile once and he was like, this was the perfect soundtrack. You need to have this. And then Felix started to listen to, to this album, Alabursi by Daniel Norgren on repeat writing. Cause he always puts music in his ears, getting into the zone to write. Uh, somehow it just made sense for him, this atmosphere. Yeah. And after a while he said, maybe it really makes sense you know it really sticks with me like this feeling this voice this the pureness the the simpleness the yeah i immediately got it i was like yeah that's a great idea i don't know why but yeah so we asked him actually to do the score and he immediately said yes because i don't know he just he looked up felix's work and he loved paulo's uh, book and well he was just all in and then he backed out again because he's very, yeah, he's a very, he's a guy. He's very much to himself. He lives in the woods with his family in Sweden. He only does things the way he wants to do them. He's actually very shy and introverted mm-hmm. and he's a craftsman. You know, he builds his own studio. He records everything analog at, at home on cassettes, you know, on tape. So really, I mean, he often works like this. He goes into the woods and, and it's as if it's, uh, like the spiritual thing to 
receive a melody even. So you can't, it's a very difficult man to push in a certain direction or, right. and so he got scared of, it was a big production. Yeah. And we tried to meet other people. We listened to a lot of other composers go a completely different direction, you know, because you didn't want to copy the idea after he said no. But uh, it was very difficult. We just kept on mourning his no. I was like, I can't believe it. We emailed him like, oh, Daniel, please, no, he didn't answer. And and after a while, what often happens is that I have a strong feeling, but I don't really take that like, take action on a Felix takes action <laughs> so after a while i just keep on saying it has to be done you know, it has to be done and then suddenly felix comes up with this, this idea and he says why don't we ask him to maybe we can use his existing music mm-hmm. and, I, and we tried it on the on the edit material that we had already and it really worked so it was more songs then so yeah. that surprised us we didn't plan that but you know the songs worked really well and he was okay with that and that he wanted to do. And then yeah. it became a beautiful collaboration. He sent us some stuff that he had on his shelf, you know, like maybe, you know, I have this here, I have that. Maybe He didn't make anything for the film, but he sent us what he had. And he, it was a, a beautiful moment of, you know, puzzling, you know, putting all together. He has very strong opinions, but he also, you know, respected us. And it was... Uh, it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's really great. See, I thought there would have been a, at least one original, like, new track or something in there. Oh, that's really – that's pretty wild. Like you said, a puzzle piece in a way. Yes. Um, and so as we come to the end here, um, I know this has been a long process since the film premiered at Cannes last year uh, in terms of its, you know, rollout. You brought it to Sundance and now it being released here in the U.S. Has it given the two of you time to figure out what you want to do next or are you waiting for – all of this to be behind you before you move on to the next thing. Uh, Charlotte's been busy and more busy than I. But I start now only. Yeah. Actually, yeah. We took our time. I mean, it's it was a huge thing. Also, the finishing the movie went really, really fast because we only knew at the very last moment that we we're going to be at Cannes. So it was a bit of a roller coaster. Sure. On every level, and we still and we had to. And then it took a while before it came out, and we made a big decision in our life we moved we bought a new house and so it's been a a huge transitional phase in our lives Mm -hmm. and we took our time to cherish it and to settle into everything in order to be open for uh, the next phase i guess so i haven't i've been playing around with ideas but i have to dive into i have to make a choice what it's going to be and then start by well as i told you uh last night whatever it is you end up doing the two of you it's going to make me cry. I have a feeling I'm going to be a puddle of tears probably by the end of whatever project you two embark That's on. Possible. That's possible. It's very well possible. <laughs> but good tears, right? Oh yeah. No, who, who doesn't love cinematic tears? You know, who, who doesn't love that? But thank you both for the tears, the movies, the work really, really appreciate it. And thank you for the time. 
Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. Sarebbe stato contento di quello che stai facendo. No? Però i problemi di noi comuni mortali non li conosce mica. Vorrei aiutarlo. Non vuoi aiutare uno che non vuole essere aiutato. Just a flash of light in the endless night and it's gone. Volevo trasformarmi, evolvere, partire. Guarda che c'è un mondo fuori da Hello everyone and welcome to the Next Best Picture podcast where we are talking with one of the stars of the new film The Eight Mountains, Alessandro Borgi. Alessandro, how are you these days? Hi everybody, I'm very good. Thank you so much. How are you? Good? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm very excited to be talking to you because I just saw this movie um, the other night and was floored <laughs> to be perfectly honest. It's a beautiful film, um, and I'm very excited to talk to you about it. But I want to get started with a little bit of history. You had worked with your co-star, Luca Marinelli, before on a previous project. Um, had you been looking for an opportunity to collaborate again, or did this sort of just happen, come along out of the blue? Uh, you know what? Yeah, we worked, worked together like seven years ago right now. So we're getting old. And um, yeah, we were waiting for something special to come together again on set because our first movie was something really special for us. It's really, really special. We, we made a movie together called Don't Be Bad with our beautiful, amazing director, uh, Claudio Caligari. And it was something that really changed our life some way. Uh, I have to say, because it was something so strong. It was our first important movie together. So from since that moment, everything changed, I think, and professionally, but also emotionally and related to the approach to this job and the way to, to think about this job. Because, you know, when you're young, and maybe I'm, 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 Speaking for me, you know, when I when I was like 25, 26, I was like obsessed about the idea of doing stuff better, about the performance, about showing people that I could I can do that. No, I can do that. I am at the level. I after that movie, everything changed because I understood that everything has to be related to the story, to the importance of the story, to the to the need you have to tell the story to the audience and create this kind of communication between you and the audience using these beautiful instruments that is the cinema so was was incredible was great was so strong and since that moment we were waiting for something uh powerful like a mountains and it was not planned at all it happened and it was great <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic so it's been a long time coming yeah when we're speaking with the uh directors um charlotte and felix they mentioned that originally when at first 
you and Luca had wanted the opposite parts that you ended up playing, that you were more interested in Pietro and he was more interested in Bruno. What uh, attracted you to playing the part of Pietro at first? Uh, well, actually, it was just a little, little bit different. And I have mm. to say that this is kind of a story of our life because with Don't Be Bad, it was kind of the same thing. In, in, <laughs> in the was kind of, we were supposed to play in the opposite role. Here was just a little bit different, and, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, when I um, when I met for the first time Charles and Felix, Charles and Felix, uh, they chose not to uh, in, involve me in the movie since the beginning. So they chose Luca, and they worked with Luca. So when I came back doing another audition for the for the role uh, they they were trying to understand what it what was the best role for luca first and then for me you know and i think that actually uh, happened that in, in the audition we all together discovered that i was really in love with bruno's character because i thought that it was a great opportunity to do something different from what I did before. And I really wanted to do something strictly related to the to the planet Earth, <laughs> to the mountains, to the to the mud, to the to the <laughs> to the cows, to the milk, to the cheese. So uh, I learned a lot. And at some point we understood that the, 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 the right we we all, I think that we all had the right the, the same feeling about that. So it was Luca with Pietro, me with Bruno. We're starting together this beautiful journey, learning a lot of stuff related to millions of things that I didn't know before. Really, My, millions of things, really manual, practically, practically thing, practical things. I don't know how to say so. At some point, they were like, "Okay, from to, uh, starting from tomorrow, you're gonna go to an alpedro, like two thousand meters high, and you're gonna stay with people dealing with cows, milk, and all that stuff. You have to learn to to make a house from the basics." So I was like, "Okay, yeah, let's do this," and it was it was great and, <laughs> and it was so funny, and it was so funny. I have to say, doing this with Luca because Luca Marinelli is. Yes, he's a beautiful, he's an amazing actor. Yeah. But first of all, he's one of my greatest friends. So it was yeah, a journey that was so special. It was fantastic. You had to, in this part, do a lot of, like using the practical things, you have a lot of physical, you have to do the bricklaying and carpentry <laughs> and yeah. you know, milking cows and making cheese. Did you? How much time did you spend learning how to do all this stuff or did you just sort of come and just sort of do it with your naturally okay it was like like it was like three weeks alone in the mm. month with this incredible guy that he was like 17 years old wow but, but you know when you meet a person that and, and you don't know how to to understand how old is he I was like, okay, mm. no, he's 17, but he could be like 40 years old or <laughs> <laughs> yeah. with huge hands, really, really, really into that thing. Uh -huh. So he used to manage this whole stuff and on the top of the mountains alone with other two guys younger than him. So it was incredible because I'm 36 right now. And there are these mm. two really three young people dealing with, with, with this stuff. And obviously, um, you know, at some point, I don't know if it's a common thing, but uh, we are really into the work. We're really into the city. We are really into the routine. So for the first three weeks, at some point, I obviously had like a, a crisis. And I was like, oh, my God, 
and I made a mistake. I have to be here. This is my place, you know, and all that stuff. So <laughs> I don't want to be an actor anymore. I want to be <laughs> for the rest of my life. And unfortunately, everything uh, came back uh, at the right place. So it was three weeks in the beginning, j just before the beginning of the shooting. And then during the shooting every day, we have mm, a lot of people um, helping us on set in all the practical stuff and uh, try to... Uh, teach us how to manage with these things. Mm -hmm. it, one of the very cool things about watching the film is watching you and Luca actually build this stone house. Yeah. <laughs> You're laying the bricks, you got the cement, doing the roof with these wooden planks. How much of the house did you two actually build while you were shooting? It was like one uh, one month. Mm -hmm. Um, to um, to build up the, the the basis of the house and yeah. then to, to understand how to 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 deal with the, the wood because th mm -hmm. they were really every piece of, of the house were incredibly heavy so uh, th there were a lot of people on set uh, trying to uh, as I said uh, teach us how to, to 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 deal with this stuff because they were right. so scary that we are going to hurt ourselves, obviously. So of course. <laughs> it was like, oh my God, oh my God. We're not going to finish the movie. Yeah, guys, we did it. We did it. And so it was like one month. And then after the one month, we um, changed the location uh, to permit to other people, to the, 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 real, the, the real people okay. to, do that, to, to finish the house and came back over there to, 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 to try and enter in, another, uh, in the other uh, phase of the movie. Right. So you guys actually did build like the whole like the bottom, the base of it yeah, yeah, yourselves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's incredible. <laughs> How many hours a day did were you guys shooting and building that? Uh, no, actually, it was like uh, um, five hours a day, mm. and then maybe other four or five outside of the set, outside the camera. I would say yeah. doing these, trying to to learn how to do that. So it was like yeah, eight. 10 hours a day. Wow. Right. And not just, you know, acting, it's also hard labor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so wow, I can imagine how exhausting yeah, but you know what? this I shoot must that, have been. I, I think that the these maybe is the secret, you know, when yeah. acting is gonna some way be in the same level of real life, you're gonna really, uh, you have the feeling that you are achieving something special because you, you cannot understand where is your life? Where 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 the acting gonna is gonna begin? So mm -hmm. it's, it's a beautiful bubble, and yeah. this bubble you're gonna you're gonna uh, discovering yourself. You're gonna discover the others. You're gonna discover the the characters. So every day is full of surprising stuff. It's incredible. Every day is like, oh my god, I can I can do that. I can yeah. I think so. And also, it was like so. Uh, all right, and you feel more comfortable into the story. And because obviously in the beginning it's natural, I think, to to be just a little bit scared, you no? Know? Yeah. Uh, because every time we have to deal with something that is outside of our comfort zone, so it's like I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do that. If I'm mm. gonna be believable, this is the great thing: being believable in something that it, it's not in, in your soul. You no, know? <laughs> I was born in a city. I grew up in a city. I didn't know anything about that. So it's like try to use every moment to feel believable to to the others yes but first of all to 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 yourself mm -hmm. yeah an incredible process i can only really imagine what it must have been like to work on this film 
it also it's it's interesting because the film you know takes place they really make use of the four seasons in the film we really yeah. see the greenness and you know warmth of the spring and summertime and then it's really harsh winters up there on that mountain and it looks like you actually shot during the winter like not like <laughs> this was not fake snow this was like the real thing or maybe it was imported but like it it was really really winter when you shot yeah, this yeah. so I'm imagining that you, you know, shot the spring or summer more green parts of the movie, and then went back to shoot when there when it was cold and when there was yeah. snow. So, what was it like to, you know, invest this, you know, your time and energy and soul into this character, then leave him for a while and come back? Mm-hmm. How what was that process like of refinding Bruno? Okay, this is a, a, a very good question. Thank you. <laughs> I'm <laughs> going to tell you why. Because, you know, I, I, I grew up, but I think that um, 80% of Italian actors grew up with the idea of the great American actors. So mm. we, we used to listen to, to people talking about the method, the Strasbourg, the Stanislavski, being mm-hmm. on the character every day and every hour, no, not leaving the character because the process is going to be tough in that way. So in, when I was younger, some way I tried to understand if it was possible in our country. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> it is not. It is not because um, it's very complicated in Italy for the time you have uh, to work on the character. There is n- never a lot. You know, for example, I-, I told you I had three weeks, one month, but it's not a lot of time you now to to build up something. Right. So yeah. Really, you really need to be focused on following the flow. When something happens, you have mm. to be there. You have to use that moment. You have to yeah. build something related to the moment. And this is, I think, that uh, it was a great training to be able to uh, leave something and grab, re-grab something again after a while. Mm. And actually, uh, that year that it was like right now, maybe two, two, two years ago, nearly two years ago, was a long time ago, yeah, yeah, was uh, an incredible year for me because I was on the Delta Del Po in January, then I come back to the bank to do Devils season two. Mm-hmm. And then I stayed like uh, for six months in the mountains because I went for one month uh, for holiday in Iceland. Oh, wow. Iceland. Yeah. Then I started uh, eight mountains on, in Val d'Aosta. And when we stopped and Luca went to Nepal to do the, the, the part to Nepal, okay. incredible. I was doing another movie in Norway. <laughs> wow yeah true world travelers the both of you <laughs> and it was it was incredible i was obviously really scared about that and i was thinking about oh my god now i have to leave bruno i have to to to, to put other clothes uh, for another yeah. character in a moment that I, maybe it's going to be confusing actually I, I i figured out that everything in that moment of my life was related to the mountains so the important thing for me was staying on the mountains. Unfortunately, I came from Val d'Aosta to Norway and then come back to Val d'Aosta. So it was not difficult to manage in terms of emotions, in terms of feeling. And and I I, I, I remember that sensation, that beautiful sensation that when I finished shooting the other movie, 
called uh, the Midnight Sun, no, the Hanging Sun, sorry. Mm. Uh, I came back on set in Val d'Aosta and it was like, I, I, I was never in, an, in, in, a, in another place for six months. It was that the, the feeling was like, I, I, I never left this place, you know? So, you know, and, and I felt so sure, so safe about the idea of restarting doing Bruno. Uh, and it was, you know, you, you are so lucky when you have the opportunity to work uh, chronologically because the, the part, the, the, the winter yes, was, yeah. was the end of the movie. So uh, we had a great background and actually that two months, one month and a half there where we stopped was a great moment to, to think about something and to think about the end of the movie. And what we are, mm. what we needed to achieve that kind of ending in terms of emotions, in terms of in terms of yeah. between me and Luca. So um, we we have to deal with that every day. Uh, right now, I'm I'm changing the 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 idea of how to manage work now. Because in the beginning, you have you you have the feeling that you have to work 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 because you are scared that somebody <laughs> is gonna is gonna. Um, I, I don't know the, what is the right word. Uh, dimenticare, dimenticare is um, uh, ah, it's gonna, it's gonna forget you. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, it's gonna forget you. Uh, so you have to be there and dun dun dun. At some point, something beautiful happened, and happened the thing that you're gonna figure out that you are an actor, and people have to wait to you to tell stories. Because this is our job, so you're not yeah. obsessed. We doing stuff with the performance. It's just a great gift doing something that is not a job, because it's not a job. Mm -hmm. What we love. <laughs> as you, 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 you there. You, as I said, follow the flow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's interesting. You know, you. It sounds like you were. You really over that time shooting the first part of the movie. Really got connected with Bruno. <laughs> And then when you came back, it was just that instant you were just there again. Bruno, at one point in the film, he's maybe not describing himself, but it seems like he is. He talks about a wild man that's part man, part animal, part tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you, do you, did you identify with that in any way? <laughs> uh, well, um, sometimes I have the feeling that I'm in the wrong place in this moment of my life. Mm. The these months and the mountains completely changed my connection to the nature. We cannot say nature, Bruno. Right. Said, but, yeah. but I can say it. <laughs> <laughs> because of the right, yes. yeah. <laughs> the nature and also what 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 is the feeling that you can establish with this beautiful thing that you don't know that every day is gonna giving you something new and it's a, a continuous discovering and so, something so yeah. uh, i don't know if I, if i feel a trees a trees or or an animal but i'm sure that sometimes in my city in rome with a lot of people with a lot of noise with a lot of stuff that i really don't like anymore mm -hmm. i feel uh, really the need to go away and, mm. and have the opportunity to 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 feel something different, to 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 put myself in another condition, in another dimension. And uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know, four, five, six years ago was difficult to think about. Right yeah. now, every time I have the time, the possibility, I go away. 
really. And hmm. yeah, sometimes I feel like a tree. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then in that case, that that sort of brings us back to like one of the central questions of the film, which is travel the eight mountains and seas or climb Mount Sumeru at the center? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is a big question. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, obviously, I don't know, but I, I could tell you what I feel about that in this moment of my life. That is kind of yeah. with what I said before. It's like, I when I... Okay, last time I was in New York was in 2009, a long time ago. And yesterday I came here after this long time. And, uh, you know, I'm very nostalgic. And I, I love to, to, to think about memories, about what I, what I did when my life was different. And yesterday night uh, I came to New York like at 11 p.m. And I, I put my sneakers and I went around the city in the night remembering, reminding how it was uh, having 24, 23 years old. And since that moment, when I was 23, 24, uh, I, I thought a lot about moving, about going away, also in New York as well. But I didn't do that. And I don't know why. Sometimes I ask myself why, but uh, probably it was for, for the people that I have around for relations, for my family, for friends, my fiance, for a lot of stuff. So right now, uh, looking back, I know that I'm, I'm really happy. I'm really a happy person. So I feel lucky because I, I can feel a lot of love around me, a lot of people that I and I and I and I can feel that my decision to not leaving was kind of the key of this huge love that I can. Mm -hmm. feel. But. Every time I, I talk with like a, a young a young a young man a young girl, twenty years old, eighteen years old, I always tell them, go away. Hmm. It's like if in my mind I need I know that something something could have been different if I didn't, yeah. and in my mind I, I I often think about that. I have to say because yeah. You're happy, yes. You you're happy where when where you are, yes, okay. But sometimes, you know, I think about the sliding doors, <laughs> famous sliding doors, and I thought, okay, yeah. If I if I have left in I don't know 2012, mm. it could happen. I don't know. We'll never know. But I think about that anytime. So yeah, how I think about that beautiful question. So I don't know what which one is better. I know that every person has to find his way and mm -hmm. trying to op optimize, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. what we have. So yeah. to try to face every time that beautiful sensation, sensation of being happy, every time you feel something that is uh, able to connect you to a feeling of happiness, you have to grab it and try to, try to use it uh, as much as you can. So... Maybe in my second life, I'm going to move to New York and I'm going to answer you in another way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there you go. New York, it's a city that never sleeps. You know, yeah. We're here. We're always going to be here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we're almost out of time. And that seems like a 
honestly perfect place to end it. So thank you so much for speaking with us, Alessandra. Thank, you. thank, thank you. you for your work on the film. Um, what can we what can we look forward to seeing you in next? Uh, well, uh, right now I made a series for Netflix mm-hmm. that okay. released, I think, in December or January about a person that I don't know if you know him is Rocco Sufredi. There is a porno actor. I may have heard the name right. at some point in my life. Yeah. Yes. Like <laughs> one of, one of the, the, the great, the most famous porno yes. actors in the world. And right now he's 60 years old. So we're talking about other times. And it's a series, seven episodes. It was so challenging, I have to say, mm, <laughs> in yeah. many ways. And uh, so this is the thing that I'm waiting for right now. And I'm gonna have, I'm gonna be in another set in September. So right now I'm gonna take some rest because 20, 20, the 20 days ago. I became father, so everything is changing again. <laughs> ah, fantastic. Congratulations. <laughs> Life goes on and is ever evolving. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again so much for speaking with us. Thank you, Daniel. <laughs> hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with the directors and writers for The Eight Mountains, Felix Van Groening and Charlotte Vandermeesh, and Dan Baer's interview with one of the film's stars, Alessandro Borgi. The Eight Mountains is now playing in limited release from Janice Films. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we will see you all next time. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.